0: please turn with me to the letter to the Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4 beginning in verse 14 and reading through chapter 5 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 4 beginning in verse 14 through chapter 5 Verse 10. Hear the word of God. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins, to deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness, to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. No one takes his honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. And so also did not, Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you, as he says also in another place. You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. He was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obeyed him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So it's the reading of God's word. Let us pray. come into your presence the great high priest the Lord Jesus we ask O oh Lord that even as these words were spoken to struggling believers so long ago that we might feel their power as well work in our hearts by your Holy Spirit And help us to see, to know the things you have written in your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have you ever uh, set out and begun to do something with all of the best intentions, only to be faced with unanticipated challenges that make you think that maybe you were mistaken to start in the first place? Life is full of those kinds of things, obstacles, difficulties. And on the face of the challenge of that which we hope to achieve, a sense of weakness and inability, those that first read this epistle felt that way. And in many ways, this epistle to the Hebrews is a long sermon in which believers who were struggling were exhorted again and again to hold fast. And that is what these words exhort us to do. In verse 14, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So I would direct you, as the author of this epistle directs you, whatever it is that you are facing in your life, whatever weaknesses you feel and discouragements that you may feel keenly this is what you should do you should consider the greatness of your high priest Jesus the son of God when we are tested And when we fail, and when, yes, sometimes we sin, when we feel weak and in need, we should consider the greatness of our high priest who has entered into the heavenly realm. He has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, who has been perfected, and He it is to whom you should look. I'd like for us to consider the verses that we've looked at that we've read under three headings. I'd like for us to think, first of all, of verses 1 through 4 of chapter 5, of the characteristics of the Aaronic priesthood. And then in verses 5 through 10, the characteristics of Jesus' priesthood. And then in, kind of going in reverse order, chapter 4, verses 15 and uh, 16, why that is so important why it is important for you to consider Aaron's high priesthood first and then Jesus' high priesthood. So let us consider, first of all, Aaron's high priesthood. The high priest of Israel was chosen, we are told, from among men, and he was chosen to act on behalf of men in things having to do with the relationship that you have with God. He was chosen from among men, that is, Aaron, as the High Priest of Israel, was chosen from among his brothers. And so that is important for us to know. He acts for his brothers, but he is one of those from whom he has been chosen. He has a common origin. He has a common origin and therefore is able to act on behalf of men in relationship to God so that is what a high priest does. A high priest takes the concerns of men and deals with them before God. And we see that first of all, then as well that Aaron is chosen and appointed by God. He doesn't take the honor himself. So in terms of the commonality that Aaron shares, he is one among brothers. Also, there's a humility that is attached to his calling. He doesn't take the office. He is called and chosen by God. He doesn't take the honor to himself. Chosen from among men appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God and then verse 4 and no one takes this honor for himself but only when called by God and so Aaron was called by God and served as a high priest not because he put himself forward not because he was seeking an office But God set him in his office. And then thirdly, we notice that Aaron, as in his high priestly ministry, offered gifts and sacrifices for sins. The phrase gifted sacrifice is referring, uh, as a way of speaking, of the sacrifice primarily that was offered on the Day of Atonement, in which the high priest would take the blood that was shed from the animal that was sacrificed, he would take that blood, and he would go through the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. He would go through that veil one day out of the year, And there he would sprinkle blood, offering there the blood on the basis of the command of God that the people of Israel would be forgiven their sins because that blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat. An atoning sacrifice, a sacrifice for the people. He acts on behalf of men in relation to God. And so he offers, then, gifts and sacrifices for sin. And so, again, what I want us to see and highlight here is, first of all, Aaron's commonality with those to whom he ministers. Second, his humility in that he is chosen. And now, third, he offers a sacrifice for those whom he ministers to. He acts on behalf of men, sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat that God would be merciful to Israel and forgive their sins. The author of Hebrews wants us to see these notes of humility. These notes of humility in the one who would serve as high priest. He comes from men He acts on behalf of men. He doesn't seek the office; It's appointed to him, and he submits to it. And he offers the gifts and sacrifices for the sins of the people, especially on the great day of atonement. But the thing about Aaron that is called attention to here is that in verse 2 it says he can deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. And then verse 3, because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And so Aaron was required, before he offered sacrifice for the people, to offer sacrifice for his own own sins. So he partook with those to whom he ministered of a sinful nature and needed for his own sins to be atoned for. But notice the emphasis on common experience. He is able to deal gently. He is able to deal with understanding those who are ignorant, with those who are ignorant and wayward, because he himself is beset with weakness. That's what the author of Hebrews wants us to notice. First, he comes from men. Secondly, he, has, he, 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 he enters the office in the path of humility, submitting to his being appointed. Third, he offers sacrifice for sin, and he identifies with those for whom he ministers because he himself is beset with weakness. So it is. So it is that we need one in our human relationships, don't we? We need to know people who have experienced some things that are of a similar nature to the things that we have gone through in life. It is helpful when we have experienced a certain trial or great Difficulty or grief. To know someone else who has also felt that pain. And when they come alongside of you in your pain. They don't blather on and on. They come alongside. They understand. And you know they understand. They understand on a deep level that can't be expressed in words. That's what true sympathy is it's that fellow feeling. Someone doesn't even have to say anything, it's there. And you know. When it's there. And so the author of Hebrews wants us to see Aaron as a high priest, as someone with fellow feeling, with sympathy. And he's gentle and he's kind with those who are erring because he knows himself. Be set with the same Sick weaknesses in his own life. Now the author of Hebrews wants us to see that, these traits in Aaron the high priest. But that's not where he's going. This isn't about Aaron. And it's not about Aaron's priesthood. Because we know from the Bible that Aaron's priesthood was superseded by another the priesthood of one who was appointed not by the fact that he was a descendant of Levi because Christ was a descendant of Judah Christ is a high priest not by reason of descent from Levi but by reason of the oath, the oath, the covenant God said. And this is where the author wants us to see the comparison between Christ and Aaron. So secondly, consider the characteristics with me of Jesus's priesthood. 5 through 10. First, Jesus also was appointed as our high priest. And this is something that is emphasized uh, in verse 5. So also Christ. And and he's intending for us to, to see the comparison. So also Christ. He did not exalt himself to be made a high priest but was appointed by him who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you, Psalm 2. As he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, Psalm 110. That the Lord in his, before the foundation of the world, in the covenant of redemption, said to his son God the Father said to God the Son you are my son today I have begotten you you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek he established him as the mediator as the high priest of his people but notice that Christ enters his priesthood by way of humility as Aaron did he didn't exalt himself He did not exalt himself. We, by nature, like to exalt ourselves. We are prideful people. We like to be seen as better than other people. And any time that we are able to preen ourselves in a way which is to our advantage in the eyes of other people, we will seek to exalt ourselves. This was not true of Jesus Christ. He did not exalt himself. He was possessed not of earthly humility, but of true humility. He didn't exalt himself, but he was appointed by the Father. Jesus said in John eight fifty four. If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. Jesus received glory not from men. He didn't receive glory because he put himself forward or sought to exalt himself, but it was God. It's God who glorifies the Son. You are my Son. Today I have begotten you. That begottenness is not in the sense of what we think of a a baby is born. But this begotten, the, the use of the word begotten, is to establish him in a high position. It is to set him upon his throne. It is to ordain him. It is to appoint him in such a way that he is the Lord's son. He is declared to be the Lord's son. Now, what I want you to see is the Son of God was ordained to do, to be our high priest. But it is also important for us to see that he also had to become incarnate to share our humanity. And so we read in verse 7, in the days of his flesh, Aaron was of a common humanity with his brothers and sisters. Jesus also had a common human nature. The Son of God was incarnate. He became man. And so Jesus then, having become man in the days of his flesh, what did he do? He offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. And so he offers not sacrifices, as Aaron did, but see the contrast. Prayers and supplications. And that is why for Christians, for you and for me, we don't offer sacrifices, do we? But what do we do? We offer prayers and supplications the way Jesus did. Did you know that to do that is in God's sight the same? And so... Every day we should offer a morning sacrifice. And every night we should offer an evening sacrifice. Not of animals filling their blood, but of our hearts. To offer them to God. Jesus did that. He offered himself. He offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and with tears to him who was able to save him from death. And so Jesus is Presented to us as the one who's offering not an external sacrifice but his very heart and soul. His very heart and soul. And notice that he goes on to say that not only does he offer prayers and with loud cries and, uh, and he did, you remember he did that throughout his life but We read of that, especially at Gethsemane. Loud cries. He suffered. He had to learn obedience, and that's what he says. He was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, though he was established by God to be as as son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And what he suffered was death. Because he says he offered these prayers and this crying to the one who was able to save him from death and, and his suffering and his death is in mind here. His obedience is a submission to suffering, a submission to death. And his saying, this is your will, not my will, but yours be done. What Christ dreaded, what he was filled with great uh, emotion about was that he would, be, he would be faced with the judgment of a holy God against sin. Not his own sin, because he is without sin but the sins of all his people. That he would suffer what is called in the book of Revelation, the second death. And this experience filled him with so much horror. And the torment that he anticipated made him sweat drops of blood. Philip Hughes, the commentator on this passage, says, at Gethsemane and at Calvary, we see him enduring hell so that we might be set free to enter heaven. So these loud cries and tears, his learning obedience, is offering himself. His offering himself. And this is in contrast to Aaron, who did not offer himself because he was a sinner. Christ, the one who is without sin, Offers his very life, sacrifices, and offerings you have not des- desired. But lo, I come to do your will. He offered his very self. And the writer of Hebrews says he was heard. He was heard because of his reverence. Well, how is that? Did God deliver him from death? No. We know that's not the case, but God heard his prayer and he carried him through death. He heard his prayer and he carried him through his sufferings and through his death. And then in verse, the next verse we read, verse 9, And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who believe. He was made perfect. After he suffered and died, he was raised from the dead. The sacrifice that he offered was accepted. Propitiation of the wrath of God against sin having shed his own blood for sinners, reconciles them to the Father. And he was perfected. He took his place as a glorified risen Savior on the throne of God. And now he sits as the one who shares our nature, who in the days of his flesh offered loud cries and prayers to God, now he sits as the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. And he gives to them the help that they need. Now, why does this? Let's go to the end, which is really the beginning of the passage, chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. So here you are. You feel weak and unable to meet the challenge that is before you. You have a great sense of your need. What are you to do? It's this high priest. Beset with weakness. This high priest that was without sin who offered himself for your sins to whom you are to look. Perhaps you're avoiding having dealings with God. Maybe you have professed faith at one time and you're wavering. Whatever it is that is the difficulty for you, look to Jesus Christ. Look to the one who has a f- fellow experience of what you are going through whatever you are enduring whatever emotions you're feeling Christ has known them you have a merciful savior in heaven notice he is he uh, you, you have a high priest who is Uh, You do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, for one who is in every respect was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Remember that the torments that he experienced and all that he went through, he went through for you. He is your merciful high priest. He suffered hell for you. Let his sufferings put your sufferings in perspective. You have not suffered as he has. Remember also that he was tempted in every respect as you are yet without sin. From first to last, Jesus was put to the test. Jesus also was put to the test. One person has put it this way. From first to last, he was being put to the test whether by enticements to self-concern, popular claims, a claim ambition for power when assailed by satan in the wilderness or by the temptation to draw back rather than to go forward with the with the ordeal that was placed before him think of that think of how many times jesus must have thought how wonderful it would be to be able to just bask in the human relationships that he had, but he resisted the temptation to go aside from the ordeal that he knew he had to face, and he continued through it all. He offered up prayers and supplications. He experienced all the emotions that you or I experience. He understands your feelings. He sympathizes with you. John Calvin put it this way Christ has put on our feelings along with his flesh. Christ has put on our feelings along with our flesh. What are you feeling? What are you going through? Christ has put on those feelings. He knows those things that you are experiencing. Remember then that he himself, he himself offers himself to you. He holds out his hand to you. Even this morning, as the source of salvation. And let this be an encouragement to you to come before him and to pray. That's what he says here. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. What a phrase. A throne. A glorious throne. But a throne of grace that you may receive mercy. Come to him. Bear your heart to him. And know that he understands and receive help in your time of need. Will you do that this morning? Will you do that? When we feel most challenged, when it is, it seems as though impossible for us to go on, when life presents us with difficulties and choices that we don't know how to face. Remember, remember your great and merciful and gracious high priest. He extends his hand to you. Draw near, draw near to him and receive from him, that help that he offers. Let us pray. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, how we do pray that even as we have read of the high priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ and have come to see that he endured For our sake, grant, O God, help us in our time of need to follow him and to receive from him that help that enables us to go on. We ask this in the name of the matchless name of Jesus, our great high priest. Amen.